You're listening to the first podcast by Kristen Diane McDonald. This is my career story on how I've achieved success against the odds. Hopefully my story can inspire you to overcome whatever obstacles are in your way. This podcast is the first in a sequence of stories and interviews. You can discover more about my path to success along with the blog version of each story at thebossysauce.com. I'm Kristen. I'm a woman in my 30s. I've traveled to over 50 countries. I've led recruitment and human resources for San Francisco Bay Area companies and locations, and I've contracted and consulted on-site for Google, Microsoft, Activision, and Rakuten. I've lived and worked in both the U.S. and Canada, where I've also run successful independent consultancies. I've accomplished all of this with a GED and an associate's degree from a community college. I don't think I'm unique in comparison to anyone else. We all have different stories that make us who we are. And although the totality of events that accumulates to my life may be unique, each event that crafted who I am from my childhood or young adulthood is a common one. I promise not to go over my whole life, but there are some significant landmarks in my story that outline why and how I got where I am. I'm the product of a high school pregnancy, and I'm from a small town in Oregon. My brother, who was seven years younger than me, was the first in my extended family to get a four-year college degree. Only he and one cousin of ours has a bachelor's degree today. This includes my mom's and my dad's side, and both of them have multiple siblings. Some even have children of their own. The family branches are extended and full, and there's some success for sure, but a limited number have left home for college and a career. My parents are divorced, like a lot from my generation, and they've lived on opposite coasts since I was eight years old. Going back and forth and having so many changing dynamics really came to a head when I was a teen. And with a three-point-something GPA, I moved out on my own at the beginning of my senior year, just a few weeks before I turned 18. Partly rebellion and partly a difficult home life from having young parents, the combo felt really catastrophic at the time. Because I had bills to pay, I eventually stopped going to school. I obtained my GED the same month I would have graduated high school, and I scored between the 90th and 99th percentile in every test category without studying. My story is one that my family, of course, knows, but it's not one that I advertise or even tell colleagues for fear that they will see my autodidact education as less than their formal Ivy League master's degrees. In a lot of ways, it is less, and I don't want to take anything away from their accomplishments because those landmarks are huge. I would rather they continue to view me as an equal contributor to whatever we've done in the past or will to together in the future. That's my biggest concern. This is a big leap of faith for me to put this out there, but I'm willing to take the risk that telling my story can inspire others more than drag down my career. I didn't always think or feel like I was going to be successful. I especially didn't feel this way through my early 20s. Even admitting now that I'm successful feels unsettling because I expect some people from my network to read this. And in the Bay Area and in my network, everyone is highly intelligent and well-educated with brilliant resumes. I finally pulled myself back to the perspective that I didn't have the jumpstart and foundation to be set up for success. So yeah, it took a lot to get to this place, both professionally and emotionally. After earning my GED, I didn't go to college right away. I lived in Florida at the time, and I was the front woman, vocalist, and lyricist of a mildly successful local band. I waited tables, bartended, and was a banquet server at nice hotels, and I worked in the VIP club and Skybox Suites at the Tampa Bay Times Forum, where the NHL team, the Tampa Bay Lightning, play. 
Because hockey is seasonal, my summers were free, and I used that time to travel and backpack Europe on my own. When it comes to my education, it wouldn't be fair to advertise myself as a person with only a GED. I have an associate's degree from St. Petersburg College, or SPC, which is a great community college that offers a handful of four-year degrees as well as standard two-year degrees that most city colleges typically offer. After graduating from SPC with my two-year degree, I transitioned to the University of South Florida and majored in psychology. My accumulative education totals around three years of a four-year degree. I was one of those people that started college a couple years late. I gained education in other ways. Instead of reading about the Sistine Chapel or the Louvre, I went and saw them. I also learned from my travels that this was a very normal experience for young adults in Europe, Australia, Canada, Asia, well, pretty much a lot of the world. It's even relatively normal for a small portion of upper-class America. This was not a normal experience for many Americans in their youth around 2005 to 2008. I asked all of my friends, and no one found the value that I did in these experiences, so I went by myself. Because my education was more tactile, I've become an advocate for non-traditional learning. For a lot, the best avenue is to go right from high school to college. But we have a school debt problem, and oftentimes youth are going through the motions because they feel they're supposed to, instead of doing things because there's a passion or drive for their experiences. So many people end up with careers that are different than what they went to school for. By the time I went to college, I was ready and I enjoyed every bit of it. I paid for college with my own money or loans that I was taking out, with the exception of a few books that my family bought for me. I was immersed in every experience traveling, singing in a band, and writing music, then later going to college. So why don't I have a bachelor's degree by now? I've had the time and the means by this point, right? Well, it's not really that simple. After the last major recession in 2008, I transitioned away from the hospitality position and into an HR and program manager role at the Tampa Bay Times Forum. Um, This was the arena that housed the hockey games, but they also uh, hosted things like concerts and held things like Disney on Ice, the circus, and family events during the day. And this made my schedule not very consistent, and it included uh, days, evenings, weekends, and weekdays. I completed all the online courses my degree offered, and um, I had to make a choice between my job and my education. At the time, I also thought of formal education as a means to the job. And since Florida was hit particularly hard during the recession, I felt lucky to have any job at all. The erratic schedule of my job didn't really allow for me to continue with both, so I chose the job over my degree. I knew um, I wanted more, though, and I was capable of more. I also really missed the Pacific Northwest, so I started to look for jobs out in Seattle. I applied online for a bunch of jobs, and when I realized that I was getting phone interviews, I took one of the biggest risks of my life. I sold everything I had in my two-bedroom home in a yard sale, rented out the home that I had just recently purchased, packed my Kia Rio to the brim with the essentials, and drove across the country to move to Seattle. I didn't have a home picked out or a job lined up. I only had the knowledge that I was getting more phone interviews for my Seattle applications than my Florida ones. I carried that with me along with a lot of faith. Things quickly came together, which was a combination of calculation and luck. When I arrived, I found a position working with Volt, consulting on-site at Microsoft in an employee relations role within human resources. I also met the love of my life, Matt. We shared the experience of coming from less than and powering through. 
I knew I wouldn't be sitting here today really without without him and he's been essential in helping me realize that I belong at the table because I also see that he belongs here too. After moving to Seattle, I realized I was well beyond the age that most university attendees had graduated with a bachelor's degree. And I did look into going back to school and I looked into going to the University of Washington. Uh, my credits uh, really wouldn't have transferred very well, though. And my three point something GPA from a community college while working full time didn't really seem very impressive to the counselor. He was pretty discouraging and the process was even more so. The transfer would have totaled less than two years in any of their four-year programs at UW. In their defense, at the time, I wasn't really aware of how reputable the University of Washington was, and I really did view it as any other regular state school, and it's quite a difficult college to get into. I decided at that time, having a good job was a great accomplishment, and I could focus on school later. We were still in the heart of the recession, and I was yet again grateful for another job. After Matt and I joined forces and were together for a little over a year, he was offered a job in Toronto, and we moved to Canada together. I was lucky enough to get a work visa attached to his because a bachelor's degree was required to get my own. I used this to start an HR recruitment consultancy way too early in my career. I was freshly 27, and I started a corporation in Canada. I may have only made enough to equate to a moderately successful salary on my own, but I learned a lot very early in my career through some skillful faking it until I made it. My associate's degree wasn't recognized in Canada, and it wasn't realistic for me to continue my education there unless I was going to start completely over, and working for myself was going all right. We only lived in Canada for about two years. One year it snowed on June 3rd. It may have only been flurries, but it snowed on June 3rd. And I remember telling Matt when he came home from work that we need to get the hell out of here. Toronto was an adventure and such a cool city with so much culture, but Niagara is Canada's Florida and that was only an hour south. The weather doesn't really get much better than where we were living and I was a snowflake in much need of some melting. Uh, Luckily, Matt was a snowflake too, and he got a job in the San Francisco Bay Area. We moved here and have been here ever since. At first, my intentions were to start up the same HR and recruitment consultancy. Fate had other things in store for me. When I arrived, a recruiter at Nielsen Staffy reached out to me for a contract role at Google. I interviewed, and I got offered a contract role that I ended up accepting. I was later told by that recruiter that only one in 17 candidates at Google that interviewed for that role got offered a position. This may seem wild for most people to hear, but I did not love the Google experience, at least as a contract recruiter around 2013. It was a very structured position with limited room for creativity or independent thought. Um, There was this built-in training program that made me question my own worth or abilities all the time because I never did it the Google way before. Contractors were holding positions that only a few full-time employees held, and all the contractors were vying for permanent jobs. The competitive environment of everyone reaching for the same dangling carrot didn't make me feel very comfortable, and I wasn't really falling for it. You know, I had overcome too much to opt into this, and I also questioned that if I had clamored my way to one of these full-time spots, Would I have been denied it because my lack of education? 
I was able to not completely be open and disclose my education beyond my initial likely forgotten resume submission because I was technically employed by a recruitment agency working on site at Google. Applying for the full-time role would have brought that to the forefront. I didn't feel comfortable in my own skin at Google or like I belonged at all. However, I did transition that experience to a full-time role leading recruitment for the San Francisco and Seattle offices at Essence Global, one of Google's media ad agency partners. So the Google experience was a blessing in disguise. Educationally, I needed to wait a long time to gain residency again after living in another country, and I was yet again doing well without the school. Eventually, I also did respond to the calling to operate my own recruitment agency and HR consultancy in the San Francisco Bay Area, the mecca of all places tech and recruitment. I also consulted at Activision for the Sledgehammer Games office in Foster City, which is a prior Call of Duty studio, and I developed clients like Weight Watchers and Supercell, the makers of Clash of Clans, uh, along with other uh, gaming, media, and advertising agencies and startups. At another point in my career, I led recruitment at Frog Design for the San Francisco and Seattle offices, and Seattle has since closed, unfortunately. At the at this job, I worked very closely with people with degrees from places like MIT, Harvard, and Stanford, and they challenged me and expected to be challenged in return. The designers were also effectively management consultants, and there was a fantastic team of business strategists. I learned to speak their language, to move things forward. I got a glimpse into the world of design thinking, and that has forever changed my perspective on problem solving. The main reason I left that position at Frog was because there was limit, limited, if any, opportunity for growth. After two years, I decided to leave that role, and I went to a medical technology startup where I led global HR. For the sake of not telling my whole life story, I left off a couple of jobs and details that didn't feel really relevant to telling this story. I'm outlining the major landmarks to paint a picture of how I managed to progress my career one step at a time until one day I looked back and realized I had accomplished a lot for someone with far less education than anyone else around me. There really wasn't a good point that was feasible for me to pause my career and go back to school without my career taking a substantially larger blow than what would have, I would have gained from going back. Every time I looked into it, the credit transfer would take a considerable hit or I needed to gain residency in or after Canada. And that one year left of school that I had in Florida was two or three additional years at any West Coast university. My life is here now. I'm not moving back. I've crossed a point in my career where I would be taking a major financial risk to halt uh, work for a few years. And anyone that has to pay a Bay Area mortgage knows about the handcuffs of needing income. I've looked into getting an MBA without going back for my bachelor's as well. I think I would get much more out of an MBA at this point in my career and life. For now, I'll have to settle for more self-educating. I know skipping steps may seem selfish or unfair to some, but I'm being honest here. The answer is no, by the way. It doesn't look like a viable option. I spend a good portion of my career hiding the truth. My resume doesn't lie at all, but I keep my education vague. I've obviously never stated that I have a GED on my resume as it's not really necessary to talk about your high school education. I'm sure it has come up in background checks after an offer has been given and accepted by me. And I think it's admirable that employers have seen this and have hired me and nurtured my growth. When looking back now, I've realized that I've been quite the risk taker. 
I've traveled Europe by myself at a time when not many young women did that and when there was a limited technological connection to home. I bought a home during the Great Recession on my own at 25 and I rented it out and managed the property as a landlord at that age. I sold everything I accumulated to move across the country with no home or job lined up. I drove that little car across the country on my own to make that move. I started my own company in another country. I had the guts to leave a job at a major tech company that didn't make me happy when I knew it would be better for my resume to stay. I didn't always take the best risks when I was starting adulthood. One included chasing a boy for a while, but the big ones were calculated. I scared my family a lot. I take it as a good sign that they don't get that scared anymore. Even in my earned path to where I am, I do understand that I had some luck. Well, it's actually privilege. That's the right word for it. I took those steps forward, but I had people advocating for me, referring me, accepting me, pushing me, challenging me, and supporting me. That comes from a certain amount of privilege. And even if it's less than others, it is privilege. I try to keep this in mind when I'm recruiting for others that may be less privileged than I am. The ability to showcase great resumes and unique experience and challenge people's ideas of what they think is best fitting for their department or company. Well, it's one of the things that I actually love most about what I do. I know that comes from somewhere personal to me, and it may not be something that I advertise all the time. I'm not sure if I'll ever get my bachelor's degree, and I don't know if that imposter syndrome will ever subside. I do know that, one, I deserve everything I have. Two, I wouldn't be who I am without my experiences. Three, hardships build useful character. And four, if I can achieve success, so can others who have obstacles to overcome. Those that feel doubt, insecurity, have less than others, learn in different ways, or have obstacles in their way, we can all elevate ourselves to more. If I can get only one thing across, though, it would be this. For those writing job descriptions, rethink your education requirement line. People with a different educational path may just bring a diverse and different perspective to the table that can add value to your organization. You never know who you're missing out on because the position lists a bachelor's degree is required. Thank you for listening to the Bossy Sauce podcast by me, Kristen Diane McDonald. I hope you enjoyed episode one, the story of my career, or the story so far, actually. I'm looking forward to bringing you more content and introducing you to some amazing women and allies of women. You can learn more about me, stay updated on new postings and episodes, and sign up for the newsletter at thebossysauce.com. <laughs>